Here's what's coming up on today's show. Whether you're too aggressive or too conservative, both are can be wrong. The key is mean investing the way you should be investing at that level of risk you should be at. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Well, hello, and welcome back into the Retirement Reality Podcast. I'm Ben George, along with Mike Coyden, founder and owner at Principal Preservation Services. You can find them online at principalpreservationservices.com. Mike, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Spring is here. I'm doing great. How about you, Ben? Doing well. NFL draft behind us, too, now. I know you uh, you like to keep up with your Vikings. So, overall, <laughs> happy with the results? Yeah, I, I think... I think we're Super Bowl winners. I mean, every year we think the same thing. I think that's how every team looks at it. You wouldn't be a fan if you didn't think your team was <laughs> improved, you know, well well further than the other teams. So, yeah, it's it's exciting. It's The NFL's done a great job to keep this NFL season year-long now with the draft and preseason and, you know, free agents at times, you know, that we have going on right now. So it, it's fun. I enjoy it. And that's that's my one sport that I just track. You know, that's what I love about the NFL draft is it'll be the the fifth or sixth round, and they'll name some guy off that nobody's ever heard of, and the and you'll see the fans of that team just celebrating like they just you know signed the next uh, Randall Cunningham exactly. or something, right? So right, it's amazing. And we're, and we're looking for the next Tom Brady. We drafted, I think, <laughs> a, a quarterback in the fifth round, and. You know, who knows? You know, so you don't know what's going to happen. All it takes is one yep. person to have success or an undrafted, you know, uh, NFL player. And I think we, we we signed 15 undrafted players as well. So you just don't know what's going to come of that. So, yeah, well, it'll be fun to watch and track. And I know we're looking forward to another season. Still a few months away, but it'll be here before too long. All right. Today, uh, we're going to talk about the biggest money mistakes in retirement planning. And there are a number of them. So I thought we could maybe break this down into two episodes, Mike, because yeah. uh, we got 12 total. We'll do six here in part one, six in part two. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You don't want to miss out on the second half of the conversation. And you can watch, listen to these really in any order. They all kind of apply equally across the board. And they're not necessarily ranked either, but these are just uh, six of the 12 today, biggest money mistakes that you'll want to avoid just to, to not have a significant impact on your success. You know, you want to avoid these along the way. So we'll do that. If you have questions for Mike, you can always call the office at 855-987-8888. That number will work whether you're looking for the Woodbury, Minnesota office or the Hudson, Wisconsin office, or you can always log on as well at principalpreservationservices.com. All right. First money mistake, Mike, social security. We talk about this all the time, such an important piece of income plan. But starting it too early is a big money mistake. It could be a big money mistake. It could be, and, and a lot of times it is. Um, we talk about Social Security all the time, and we do Social Security seminars all the time. We have been doing for almost a decade now and given thousands of free Social Security reports. And even the Social, Social Security Administration admitted, um, this is probably about 10 years ago, I think it was about 10 years ago, that they believe there's over $10 billion with a B, $10 billion of money is left on the table because people take their benefits too early. And that's every year. And they they know that is because they can, you know, see when you filed and they see how long you live and they're finding out people are living longer than um, than expected and they shouldn't have filed early because they're, they got shortchanged benefits. And so um, that's one way to, to tell. and. And we just find that with Social Security, people just don't put as much time and effort 
in when to take Social Security, we're finding, as they should. Uh, you know, you've been, I said, you've been paying into Social Security for 40 years, you know, maybe 45 years. Let's find out what is the best time to do it. And the big difference of when you should and the earliest, sometimes that's a six-figure difference. And we want to make sure you're taking it at the right time. And it's key with husband and wives, a lot of times we're telling one of the spouses to take it early and one of them not to. Um, usually the one with the bigger benefit we want to delay as much as possible. But the key is on Social Security is find out when is the best time. And that's health-related as well. How it fits in your plan is find out what is the best time by getting a Social Security report done and also finding out working in the plan. Because a lot of times the report says one thing and then we put it in your plan. It doesn't work, so we have to adjust the dates and find out when is the best time to take it. So the key is get some information on it. Don't just jump on it and think you should file early. There's also penalties if you plan on working and collecting Social Security at the same time. So you have to be aware of the, the penalties, making too much, and the taxes that go with it as well. It's a lot more complicated than people think. Maybe that's the, the government's plan for keeping Social Security afloat, is having people just claim it as early as possible, leaving billions on the table. Maybe that's the, the way out of it, potentially. Who knows? Sometimes. <laughs> I've, I've had people go to the Social Security Administration, and they've been talked by the worker there at the administration and said, if I was you, I'd just file it right now. Huh. And it, it wasn't their best interest, and they told them to file. And I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Uh, biggest <laughs> money mistake number two, Mike, being too aggressive or too conservative, yeah. really leaning too strong either way. Yeah, we see it all the time where um, people have been aggressive and you've liked those returns we've had when we've had strong you know, years like in 2019 and you know, 2020 turned out to be okay, even th with the pan pandemic or 2021 was phenomenal, but now you're being aggressive and then 2022 came and like, oh my goodness, I don't like this. I don't want to open up my statements. You have to just remember the older you are, the closer you are to retirement, you, you know, taking those losses right before at retirement is going to affect you the most. Um, so be, be very careful. You should be investing at your risk tolerance and have that plan in place. So uh, be very careful being too aggressive. We've seen people take too much of a loss. And I've known several people who've come in here before they were our clients and they've taken so big of a loss, they end up having to work another year, year and a half. And you just, you don't need that. Now I've seen the other side of the fence where people are so scared of the market that they've actually kept their money in like the stable value fund or you know money market type of account. They pulled out of the market mm -hmm. years ago and never went back in just because they're afraid to take some more losses. And because of that, they've lost many years of opportunity of compound growth that they've could have been retired, but they can't because they're not even keeping up with inflation. So you know, both sides of the fence are wrong. Uh, you have to trust the plan. You have to trust what the markets are doing. Uh, even if you don't understand them, you have to have some of that, you know, that portfolio taking on some risk. It's risky not to take risk at times, um, which is a a weird thing for people to hear. It's risky not to take risk, but you have to um, be in the market. And I know even this last year where the market's down, I've been encouraging people, this is time where you put more money in the market. This is where you be more aggressive while the market's down. But it, it clashes with their mentality because they think the market's losing. You don't put more money in the market if it's losing. They said, no, this is when you do. So um, whether you're too aggressive or too conservative, both are can be wrong. 
the key is being investing the way you should be investing at that level of risk you should be at. Yeah, you want to work with your financial professional to come up with an investment strategy that works for you. If you have questions for Mike, again, principalpreservationservices.com is the best place to start. Uh, number three here on our list, taking advice from friends and family on how to invest. Mike, they might mean well, but their mm. advice may not apply to you in most cases. It's probably my my most annoying uh, top tip here. Um, usually it's when we see, um, this is what my children think I should be investing. I'm like, Oh, are they going to help you pay the bills, right? That, you know, you're talking about your children who are 20, 25, 30 years younger than you that, you know, are can be aggressive and they're trying to tell you how to invest or they want to look at the plan and, and uh, give their own two cents when they don't have any of this experience. So I'm very, you know, cautious about getting family involved or friends involved, um, giving advice. And I've seen people just, you know, maybe you have a, a brother-in-law who is an accountant or CPA. Just because you're good with finances and numbers and returns and the tax law doesn't mean you understand uh, all the investments because that's those are two different uh, two different realms of the financial world. So I've seen people get taken advantage by their own brother-in-law because their brother-in-law wants them to be aggressive and they're not an aggressive inv investor. I've also seen from co-workers friends that they've just copied their co-workers homework in a sense right where the co-workers invested in maybe these three or four funds in their 401k so you decide to do the same thing but you have a much lower risk tolerance and then what happens when the market turns around it gets ugly you take some bigger losses because you can't afford to it um and maybe your coworkers younger than you can be more aggressive and maybe you're closer to retirement. You have to just avoid just doing what people are telling you to do. You again, getting back to investing the way you should invest based off where you are in retirement or close to and what's your tolerance for risk. Do you ever get that much? Mike, Mike comes in and, you know, maybe a regular meeting, scheduled meeting or whatnot says, Hey Mike, I, I, you know, a friend of mine was telling me to check out so-and-so investment. What do, what do you think? Do you get that a lot? Yeah, I we get the emails all the time. We do, you really? know, it's it's that, it's gold, it's it's crypto, it's silver, it's um, real estate. You know, we see this all the time, and I think the biggest one we see is gold. I'm like, well, yeah, you can invest in gold if you want. I said, if you want to diversify, I said, but it doesn't mean you're 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 not going to be at risk just because you're investing in gold. And I think that's where people forget and I show them the chart of what gold where it is today and where it was a decade ago it's almost the same place so hmm. and they see the big dip there for for many years when the market was strong gold wasn't doing wasn't being strong so um yeah I I see that a lot and I just says well uh, you know you could double check with your your friend but again he's not managing your account and you can do whatever you want with your money but I'm just telling you right now and sometimes I pull up the whole history of that chart of that investment and show them and I said that doesn't fit with your your uh, kind of your risk profile if you want to invest in there that's something you'd have to do outside of us yeah uh, because it's it's going to be too risky as a fiduciary we're not going to be able to even put you into that in investment um, because how, how aggressive it is talking about the biggest money mistakes in retirement planning and this one is uh, pretty obvious Mike but procrastinating when it comes to saving for retirement is a big one I mean even if you feel like you don't have a lot to put away just taking those little steps early on as early as possible mm -hmm. can go a long way 
Yeah, I and I've I had this I think it was last week or the week before somebody said I'm I'm focusing on paying off my debt first and when my debt's paid off then I'm going to start saving for retirement I go. That's a that's a bad deal. I mean you're losing a lot of years of compound growth and you should have the habit of doing saving for retirement, paying off debt, putting money aside in an emergency fund all the time all three of them at the same time. You shouldn't be just doing one or the other um, and waiting. Because I think eventually everybody's going to have some some level of debt, whether it's going to be a, a car loan or house loan. Hey, it's great to be debt-free, but that's a small percentage of Americans out there. You need to be in the process of having your retirement accounts grow at the same time you're paying off debt, at the same time putting money aside for emergencies. So um, by starting later in life, you, you're putting yourself in a bind, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on you in the, in the future if you're going to delay and you only have – 15 or 20 years to save retirement, you have to be very aggressive, which is going to hurt. And you could use the tax breaks today or let that you know money grow in a Roth tax-free for how many decades before retirement makes a lot more sense than waiting. Very true. All right, going on, this is part one of our two-part discussion. Here's the fifth one on our list. We'll go through six today. But number five, inability to adjust your investment strategy as you approach retirement. Do you see this happen a lot, Mike? Yeah, I think a lot of people believe that you just you stay the course, right? And what you, what got you to retirement, believe will get you through retirement, and that's a totally wrong mindset to have. Is is uh, again, we just talked briefly about the NFL, and I think what good you know football teams will do, or good coach teams will do, is at halftime you come out and you have a you make adjustments and you make changes based off of what's what happened in the first half, and now you have to make adjustments to win the game in the second half and that's where majority games are won not in the first half but the second half and that that was proven when the Vikings set, set that NFL record last year by coming back from Indianapolis uh, the Indianapolis Colts and scored the most points in comeback it was one in the second half um, so you have to be able to change your investments staying only in the market only at risk in retirement can hurt you when you have too much attached to risk and you need to look at more preservation. You have to understand how to take your money out of retirement, how to modify your holdings. Because, you know, if you're in, a, we do a risk assessment. If you could lose 25 to 35 percent of your portfolio, um, we could show you you might run out of money, you know, a lot sooner than you thought, because all your money is at risk. We we hope the market makes money almost every year, right? Mm-hmm. But on average, only but two-thirds of the time it's positive history shows us that so what do you do those years that's not positive well you got to be avoid for taking money out of the account so you have to have a plan how to do it and you have to adjust how you are investing for retirement before you get there and when you're there all right one last one here mike and a big one to finish off with and i'm sure you have plenty of thoughts on this one but ignoring long-term care costs big money mistake in retirement yeah, we, we don't find too many people are willing to pay the cost for long-term care anymore. Um, of, of course, the long-term care industry's had a bad rap of raising rates or sending out those letters. If you have long-term care, the longer you have it and the, clo- the older you get, you've been getting these letters every year, every other year stating, hey, we're going to reduce your coverage. Um, or, you know, this is your options. You can reduce your coverage or you can pay the same Amount, uh, have the same coverage, you're going to pay a lot more because the cost of long-term care is skyrocketing. And so people don't like that. It's kind of getting a bad rap um, with those kind of pay-as-you-go long-term care plans. 
you know, we offer a return of premium long-term care where you pay in a lump sum or scheduled payments that they can increase. And if you don't use it, that money comes back, which we think is a lot better plan. Uh, money comes back to your beneficiaries tax-free. Now, we're looking at right now today in Minnesota, I think a, a one month in a private room is a little over $10,000 a month right now. And so when you look at that cost or in-home care might be $4,500 or assisted living, you know, $5,000 a month kind of category, those costs are just going up and up and up each year. And if you think it's going to be $100,000 maybe a year for care today, you know, that might be 15, 20 years. That might be $175,000, $200,000 a year. So you have to plan for that. And if something like that did come, catastrophic would come, how is that going to be paid for? Because I say your retirement accounts are your long-term care deductible because <laughs> you don't have a long-term care plan. Uh, your your investments, your your uh, retirement accounts will be your deductible. You'll have to self-pay. You know, and then people joke, says, well, if that happens to me, shoot me and put, you know, put me in the backyard kind of thing. Well, that's, uh, you know, we say that, but that's not obviously a plan, and it's funny to say, but you know, about 50-50 chance that you're going to need some sort of long-term care once you make it till at least age 65. You have a 50-50 shot to spend some sort of care time in long-term care facilities. So don't uh, just throw away the cost of that and don't think it's going to be you. Um, be always, everybody thinks it's going to be somebody else besides us, and you might have to plan for that. So we also put that part of the plan to show you if that did happen, can you afford to pay it out of pocket or should you really consider getting a long-term care policy? And I always say long-term care policy is, yeah, it's for your health and long-term care, but really it's estate planning insurance. It's one way to ensure that your estate will get be able to get passed on to the future generations if that's your goal. Well, this is just, again, the first six of 12. We'll finish them up in part two. But again, as you can see, there's a lot of money mistakes that happen in retirement planning, Mike. And I think the best way, anybody that's worried about this, the best way to avoid that is by doing proper planning, correct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, you know, get a plan. You know, if you fail to plan, you're, you're planning to fail. The old adage, you know, that people talk about. But you have to move forward and get a plan put together. Was it 18% uh, of the people already retired have a written retirement plan, which is pretty sad, only 18%. Mm -hmm. So um, you've been working for 35, 45 years. Why would you want to not plan for something you want to spend the next 25, 35 years <laughs> doing? You know, we plan for weeks for a vacation or for a wedding. Why are you not putting anything together uh, for your future? Again, the best place to start if you want to touch base with Mike and his team over at Principal Preservation Services is online at principalpreservationservices.com. You'll find all of our podcasts there as well. Also, make sure you check out Mike's YouTube channel, Retirement Reality On Demand, for some other great insight into uh, topics that are both relevant today and evergreen in terms of uh, financial planning and retirement planning. And if you have questions, you can also call 855-987-8888. Mike, thanks for the time today. We'll uh, finish it up in the next episode. Sounds great. Thanks, Ben. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.